If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. You're going to make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull... Turn up the fun with Crunch. Hello, you're listening to the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. In this special Christmas series, I'm talking about creating a new Christmas tradition with my co-hosts Orlando Marin and Miriam Nice and guest Milaka Basu. To kick off, Milaka, tell us a little bit about yourself and what does Christmas mean to you and your household? Hi, Tom, Orlando and Miriam. Well, firstly, thank you very much for having me. So I'm going to tell you who I am first. I'm a food writer and a commentator who consults on food culture and diversity. Um, and I was born and brought up in India, in Calcutta. So in my home, I was married for a very, very long time to an evangelist Christian, would you believe it? And our children are a quarter Peruvian, a quarter English and half Indian. And guess what we did at Christmas? I, I mean, I've <laughs> I absolutely no idea. I can't mean, begin to imagine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I have to know. I'm going to tell you now, it was turkey with all the trimmings. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else? Is there anything else? Do you know what? For a lot of families like mine, I like to say that a lineage isn't linear anymore. You know, there are lots of mixed heritage families um, and a lot of diverse communities have sort of embraced British traditions. And we wouldn't eat a lot of turkey turkey during the year but come christmas without turkey it was incomplete 
So did you do the turkey with the traditional British trimmings or did you give them a bit of a twist, a bit of a spin? No spin at all. It was literally <laughs> Delia, Jamie, Nigella and so traditional. And it was almost our thing because, of course, one of the great things about Christmas is that you embrace the food tradition that exists. Um, I do have to tell you, though, things have changed a little bit in more recent years mm. um, because a lot of families like mine, you know, now I'm a solo household. So um, I co-parent and uh, it's just me at Christmas usually and I go to friends and family and one of the big things that we do is embrace the food of other cultures. So you might find yourself more embracing the symbolism that Christmas brings with it. So people coming together, feasting, meeting people from other cultures. And one of the new traditions that I've formed is actually trying to cook something from a different culture or, you know, a different community that I wouldn't normally do. That is the wonderful thing about Christmas, isn't it? Because it is much deeper than just the food. It is that engagement with people, community, sitting down with friends, conversation, time off work, you know, that most people have, you know, most places of work shut down. So there's a whole period where almost whole of the whole of the country is celebrating, you know, more often than not, you know, yes, we do have the emergency services and everybody else. Still, but actually, most people are off work and have time on their hands to mix together and communicate and hang out. So it does run much deeper than just food, doesn't it? It totally does. And, you know, this idea of having an opportunity to slow down and do something a little bit different is really important, I think, especially for diverse communities, because there's a lot of different cultures and traditions that you bring together. So for a lot of Indian families, they make biryani at Christmas. And how odd is that? Because it's a Christian festival <laughs> and celebration and biryani is like the ultimate, you know, Muslim dish that's eaten in a lot of places in South Asia. And, you know, to do that as a special mean, and it, it's exactly what you're talking about, Tom. It's just people coming together to do something that's special. I think as well as people, uh, the idea of people gathering, it's also a very nostalgic time when you're looking back and remembering how things happened in your family. So assuming that you didn't have turkey and all the trimmings when you were a kid, Malika, what did you have when you were a child at Christmas? Or indeed, did you celebrate Christmas as a child? Uh, So Orlando, my family, celebrated every religious function imaginable. (laughs) (laughs) I I like this. (laughs) I thought you might. Um, When I was growing up in Calcutta, in West Bengal, uh, my family never let religion get in the way of a great party. So literally, we had Eid, we had Christmas, and food was always spectacular. So I'm from a Hindu family. I'm not religious myself, but I'm from a Hindu family, and it was not unusual to do hands you know, to have a big roast chicken, for instance. And back in those days, you never got anything with cooking instructions. So my dad would be poking a giant leg of lamb or sort of checking in on chicken regularly (laughs) to make sure it was cooked. And my dad was very much the cook of the family. Um, And then you'd go to parties. So you'd have someone who was Christian throw a Christmas party and the meal would be biryani. 
And that was all happening in India. It was so interesting. And how many people would that be? Oh, you're talking loads. Of, you're talking 60 people, 70 people. That's a big chicken. I've got to be honest with you. That's a, that's a I big mean, chicken. I mean, lots of food. Chicken would be just one part of it. But, <laughs> you know, the meals I cook at home pale in significance. And, uh, you know. And were they strongly intergenerational, these parties? Because that's one of the great things about Christmas, that you get the entire family lineup, don't you? You really do, yes. And the kids just kind of starve until food's ready and then when you're tired you just kind of flop and fall asleep wherever you are there was no sense of babysitting or you know set times for food it was just as it happened the main thing was just the family coming together I've got to be honest that sounds like everybody's Christmas doesn't it we all have have a plan of when the Christmas lunch is going to be served but you know it's probably three hours after that and then you know one puts the kids to bed and then someone falls asleep on the sofa I think that's fairly standard the world over isn't it well that's it food and food traditions ultimately bring us together right yeah. it's, it's completely you know across cultures it's what it what, it's what brings us together but it doesn't sound like you have a tradition of something that you do every time because it sounds like you celebrate everything in all sorts of different forms what about you Orlando is there a tradition that you do every single year um, no, not really. But that I, my family did. My, I, until I was until I left home, it was absolutely rigid. What what exactly what we we're going to eat? And if, if you know the Brussels sprouts weren't didn't have the cross in them in exactly the right direction, there was going to be hell to pay. See, that is the one Christmas. <laughs> when I was thinking about what is the one Christmas tradition that we I've always done or been a part of. But growing up, it was on Christmas Eve putting the crosses in the bottom of Brussels sprouts, and I can't think of anything that I do. I mean, well, don't, you don't need to do that anymore. The sprouts these days are much sweeter, smaller, yeah. fresher. That was when the sprouts were grown and they were really big and chunky and needed proper cooking. And I, I can't, I was starting to think, what is something that I do every year, like with fail-safe that's every year? And there, it, it, that tradition seems to, I, I haven't got one. Like you, you, can, you can still put the cr- crosses in the sprouts even if you don't need to, you, even though they're smaller I, and sweeter and tender now. You can still do it. That is very it. true. You, you, can. Give it, you can give it that, as that job to someone who has asked, can I help? Can I help? And you can't actually work out what to give them. So that can be the thing. You, oh, you just go and put the crosses. Yeah, in you the go Brussels and do that. Yeah, go, 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 get, get out of the kitchen. Go over there. Go My over grandfather there. used to do it. Actually. That was his job. And we were all very sad when he was no longer there to do it oh. because there was, the job was passed on. But he did it very accurately. He'd been a um, he was in MI5, so he did it very. Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> I'm allowed to say it now. And he did it. He did it very privately and very accurately. They were at the exact right angles his crosses and they were all to the same depth but no one could actually see him doing it they just came back done inexplicably (laughs) (laughs) an hour later it was a bit of a ceremony but Mm. um, no I miss my grandfather but that's a part of the part of it as well isn't it remembering Christmases from the past that Mm. have been happy Um, Malika would you say that Christmas is is one of the big festivals in that line or the festivals that you're having every other week in India how does it how does it kind of range with the others is it very important it, or just yes absolutely so talking about Christmas traditions two things I do and I have done for years is I make Christmas cookies every year to hang on the tree 
Are they, are they, they're edible as yeah, well as edible, hanging? Edible, yes. The German, the proper German, you know, Christmas oh, with, with cookies. with pepper and That's ginger. That's right, with spices. Well, it's got to be done, guys, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm three quarters spice myself, you know, yeah. <laughs> made, made of chilies and pepper and whatnots. Um, so I do the spice cookies and I make cranberry chutney every year. I do a massive batch and that's kind of, it takes my pickle making, it gives me my pickle making kick, so to speak. But I do a really well spiced, like robust cranberry chutney with ginger and red dried chilies. And then I package it up and I take it as gifts to people's houses. It's a lovely thing, isn't it? That is the one thing that lots of people do. The idea of Christmas gifts is things that you make, you make something, whether it is those biscuits or those cookies or chutneys and jams and that sort of thing. So really to wrap up, to make chocolate truffles or coconut things. Like Those are the lovely sort of things that you can do, particularly with family, with kids, to then give us gifts. They're so meaningful, aren't they, things that you've made? But, I mean, I don't go on about my, my family, but my mother was very peculiar about this. She didn't like homemade gifts because she thought it was like that you'd done a, a money-saving exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have spent, someone could have spent, you know, many hours embroidering something and she'd look at it and say, I'm too mean to buy something from the department store. It was a real oddity of hers and I'm very different. I do value homemade gifts, but I'm always a bit worried when I give someone a homemade gift that they'll think that I was doing it to save money. Well, I mean... It, um, it is a possibility in Orlando. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> well, save money, but the, there are a lot of effort making gifts, and the wrapping of them is always is such a big deal. You've got to make them look pretty with you. I bet you put ribbon and stuff all around your jars and labels with special little of kind of decorations. Orlando, <laughs> well, what do you think I am? No, but genuinely, I think there's an element of ge- there's a generational um, difference of perception over there as well. You know, back in the day, you would make a lot of homemade gifts and it would just kind of be an everyday thing whereas now you wouldn't sit down to make jams, jellies, chutneys it's not it's not as common as perhaps it used to be so there's an element of you know special and festive about it What about yourself Mimi? what do you mean I'm sure you must be making all sorts at home over Christmas as gifts <laughs> I think definitely we tried to do a bit of slow gin and I noticed a few people on the Good Food Together group have said that they've they've done that. Um, but I, I've only just had our kind of kitchen done. So having a small kitchen, it's just not been as practical. So this homemade. year will be the first year yeah. of Miriam Nice Homemade Gifts. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't I've got wait. to do it now. I was like, I wasn't planning on doing it. Now I've said yeah. it on the podcast. Properly thrown it under the Christmas bus there. It's like, where's That's my it. homemade yeah. fudge, Miriam? Yeah. Tom Kerridge said it was on the way. <laughs> yeah, so now... Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're making fudge at home. I wouldn't have gone with that one. Boiling <laughs> sugar. Like, oh, ruining a pan. Oh, yeah, mate. You, could, you could burn your new worktops with the boiling sugar, couldn't you? <laughs> any any amount of problems. You could, you could wreck That's this nice. new kitchen. Gifts to do in a mountain of worry. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Would you put spice in fudge? Uh, no. No. I think that might be a step too far. But it depends on what fudge, because we have Indian fudge too. Okay, what's, so in, like what's a, the difference? Like a halwa. So you'd have a similar sort of sugar, you'd reduce a sugar syrup. Um, barfi is a great example, as is halwa. There are certain versions of that. And definitely I'd pop some cardamom in there, maybe saffron. But if I was making English fudge, I really wouldn't mess with that. I'm not a big fan. You go you go with the sweetness. Oh, the you don't like it anyway. You don't like no, it No, anyway. I, I love it, but if, if I may... 
did, you know, fudge, English yeah. fudge. I wouldn't mess with it. Right. I wouldn't add. Um, I'm not a big fan of that, messing with things that are already perfect. Oh, there we go, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do you twist the uh, the menus at your restaurants um, at Christmas or do you keep them quite kind of trad and straight on? Yeah, no, we kind of keep them traditional. I mean, everything that we do is always based in celebrating the simple things done well. And, it, you know, Christmas is a beautiful example of that. Some places may well have turkey on, and but others will have seasonal kind of uh, um, produce that comes in that celebrates it in the same sort. So you might have pheasant or partridge roasted with bread sauce uh, and you may well get pork chipolatas or you know or a roast potato or you know those little pomgo frets and little beautiful crisps that you get that with game so that kind of sit seasonality embraces everything it just hasn't got to be a roast turkey dinner like that's you know that so the menus sit with you know how it feels outside it's cold it, you know people are uh, it feels very countryside it's embracing the product but yeah you you definitely have to move with the seasonality of everything i was going to add also boxing day I think we, we've talked about Christmas Day, but Boxing Day is a really interesting one as well. I get a lot of requests for Boxing Day curries. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? And it's, it's either with leftovers or whatever's been eaten on Christmas Day or just people will do something different, just get a hit of spice some other way. And, you know, a lot of families will do the very traditional turkey dinner or roast dinner on Christmas Day and then on Boxing Day you know they might do a roast leg of lamb Indian style like a ran or a, you know Rogan Josh like a lamb curry on the bone that needs chewing for a while um, and that's quite interesting too because I don't think that's a long held tradition is it I think that's quite recent no no, no on, Bo- on Boxing Day you can, you sometimes have a, a ham don't you or something like that what do yeah, you have on Boxing, I mean, Boxing Day, Day for me, I actually I actually prefer Boxing Day to Christmas. I love Christmas Day. I love the roast and I love the celebration of the family, but they're still there on Boxing Day. Normally our Boxing Day thing is you go out and watch a great sporting mm. event. You might go and watch some football or some rugby or something going on. You go and walk the dogs or the kids are riding their new bikes in the park or whatever it is. And then you come back and I love the cold meats. I love that cold meats, pickles, you know, and bubble and squeak. That's the thing for me. The chopped up veg, roasted in a pan, fried, crispy. For me, for me that's Boxing Day tradition. The next day, if there's still stragglers of the family hanging on, that's when you'll look at changing it up. That's when I would do something like a curry. That's when I'd do something that's completely different to everything else that we've had. But Boxing Day for me, a pigs in blanket, cold. I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) And a Boxing Day sandwich, that's great. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's just the best, isn't it? Late at night. Two great big thick slices of bread with everything kind of mm. stuffed in it. I mean, yeah, incredible. I think because all the Christmas dinner flavours are quite kind of 
strong, plain, um, good, bright flavours, you do you do get a bit jaded from that after having had your sandwiches and things. And as Malika says, you just fancy something a bit perkier and a bit a bit kind of more exciting, don't you? you? Do. It's also because Christmas Eve you go early. I reckon a lot of people, and I'm very guilty of this because you've got the cold ham already in the fridge, you've got the pickles, you've bought everything you got there. So Christmas Eve evening you go, oh, I'll go early, I'll just have a bit of the lovely ham and the pickles. <laughs> and you already start, you already start. So that's Christmas Eve, then you go Christmas Day and then Boxing Day you're like three days into the same stuff you definitely need a change you do I think there's a tendency for people to to um, cook slightly smaller turkeys than they used to in days of yore, which means they might not have quite the scale of leftovers that used to confront them. But it would be great to have twice as much as you need in order to be able to do a lovely turkey curry or some spiced turkey Absolutely. dish, wouldn't it? There's also the rise of veganism and vegetarians. So, you know, often in a family you'll find, including my very pesky pescatarian son, you know, he'll want to have something that is not a roast turkey. So, therefore, you have to cater for a wider range of diets and food preferences. What do you do for him? Something something actually I fishy. try not to feed him, ideally, Orlando. <laughs> I'd chuck him out now, but he's 11 and it might be a little early. <laughs> now, I'm only joking, of course. You know, I might do an aubergine, like a roast aubergine, um, but he'll happily have vegetables, you know, all the trimmings. And will he have the gravy? He will have the gravy, yes. But I, I don't think that'll last for much longer. I reckon. What? Because he'll know what's in the gravy. He'll know what's in the gravy and then it's game over. Um, One other thing to add is that a lot of families will cook the food of a different nation or culture on Boxing Day. A lot more of that is happening, especially for people who aren't Christian necessarily. So you might try a Romanian Christmas meal or you might pick up a cookbook that is a unique or new cuisine because of, Tom, what you were saying, that people do have time. You do slow down. You know, you're feasting as a family. And I'm hearing a lot more about that from my followers on social media. But also our food tastes have completely Changed totally. last, since I started cooking, you know, 30 plus years ago or since I was a child, which was a lot longer than that. But, you know, as a country, we've become such rich, culturally diverse. We, You know, the food scene is absolutely trained. So where we have those traditions that we stick with. But actually, our daily eating is much broader, much varied, much more wide ranging. So, yeah, it, it stands to reason why, of course, you just eat. It's, it's just normal to just go, yeah, well, let's have a curry. Let's let's go with something completely different. And the other brilliant thing now is that unlike in the in the days when I was a kid, the shops shut solidly for two weeks. Do you remember our mothers had that kind of siege mentality that you had to think of everything you needed for two solid weeks because the shops were going to be shut? You see, the day after Boxing Day or even on Boxing Day, the shops are open again. So if you want to do a Persian meal or an Irish meal or an American meal or an Indian meal or an African meal, you can actually go shopping for it on that day and make it over the Christmas break, can't I, you? Mate, I've been shopping on Christmas Day. I, like, I have, I've <laughs> wow. ran out. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, well, yeah, we, but it, it was a mistake. I bought something. There was a toy with no batteries. Obviously, Santa turned up the toy and wants to play. Horrendous. I, like, absolute meltdown. Got to go find batteries. Find batteries. Shop was open. Like a proper, like, a proper lovely kind of, uh, like, old, old school shop with everything in it. You could buy all sorts of it. Like, I'll tell you what, I was like, I mean, it was great. It was packed as well. <laughs> There was people buying loads of stuff, mostly batteries. Yeah. But yeah, you <laughs> yeah, could definitely get food. I mean, 
yeah, those times have changed. And when you were looking for these batteries, was that because you wanted to play with the toy? Because yeah, I've got to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a it was like a, a laser gun set that w- you you could shoot each other, and it yeah, hundred percent. It was because I wanted to play. <laughs> I used to get annoyed when I was a kid that our, my brother and I our toys were always taken by my father, and because he wanted to play with them, <laughs> and uh, we used to seethe because he was like assembling them or building them or or playing with. Them. Tell you what, mate, I am the greatest Lego maker. Well, like that is, yeah. <laughs> you should get one one set for you and one for AC. One one yeah. set of one set each. Yeah, definitely. And race, I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> now we've been um, thinking about games, and we asked our um, social media following on BBC Good Food together um, what kind of games they played at Christmas and uh, Miriam did we did we get some interesting responses we did quite a lot of people saying that they play Monopoly but it ends up in fights so it seems that ends up in quite a serious you know less fun than it should be perhaps quite a lot of people playing Uno and um, I put up a picture uh, of Uno yeah Uno, yeah, Uno. what's Uno it's a card game fun card game isn't it I mean, uh, I don't know. Oh, it's you great. Can we play Uno soon, Orlando? I, I'd lo- well, I need to this. learn it. I must have missed out on that one. Do you play Uno? Yeah, Tom? I played Uno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, it must be after my time. <laughs> I brought this one, which is much before my time, which is one that we play in our family, which is called Contraband. And actually quite a this, few people seem to know it. This so. is a beautiful set. That must be from the 50s or 60s. Maybe earlier. It? Yeah, yeah. So Ooh. it's about kind of like smuggling thing. It's completely irrelevant now and it's really difficult to explain it to my nine-year-old nephew because he has no experience of like there's things like nylons and bottles of whiskey and you're having to go through like a train station or something and he's like yeah I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) it doesn't make any sense my god the rules of the game is a booklet in itself mate yeah it takes longer to set up I think than it does to play but I think that's part of the you know part of the thing really do you set the The object of the game is to smuggle contraband through customs by avoiding payment of duty on articles of luggage represented presented by the cards. I mean, I'm not sure it's completely PC, is it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, mean I, I like it, though. It's, it's very silly. And it takes ages to count out how much money everyone needs to have. That definitely takes longer than the game. Someone has to be a customs officer. Yes. Yeah. Has it got money in the set there? Yeah, yeah, lots of money. And quite sure small denominations as well, and you have to divvy it up equally. So you need to make sure you don't start on, like, the port or anything until you've, you've organised all the money. It's very difficult. But yeah, quite a few people in our audience um, had that as well, which was quite a nice surprise. Um, And we had uh, a message from Becky Garrett who said that um, she seems to have got quite a few things from crackers. So um, things to like wind up little reindeer that they then have a race with their family with those, which sounded really fun. And then they try and play carols with little whistles um, on the table and that ends up descending into giggles. That sounded quite sweet. Um, yeah, there have been quite a few. And then uh, Heather said that she found something that Joe Brand had mentioned on an interview, which is where they set up a category. So she gave the example of British birds, but say it's like Christmas bakes or something. And the person has a glass. We can't do it in here. I'm just going to warn the podcast team because it's water and microphones and I know they <laughs> might get a bit upset. But um if we were to play it, which we won't, you um, decide on a category to so say it's um, Christmas bakes and then everyone writes down 
one of those, but the person whose go it is writes down theirs and then you get to reveal who's it. So say if I'd picked mince pies and then, Tom, you'd also written mince pies, I get to throw a glass of water at you. So that sounds quite fun. Oh, <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. I was waiting for that punchline. It sounded quite a tame game and then oh, really suddenly not. Miriam's throwing Absolutely a glass of water not. at Tom. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah, but we won't play that one. Um, but I did bring um, some sheets from, this is a game that I used to play with my grandparents when I was very small and it got quite silly and I've pre-prepped the sheets but what you do you can just do it with a piece of paper and a pen is you um, all have a piece of paper and you write down a name and then you fold it over it's called consequences you may have played it before this is a really good old-fashioned game isn't it this is from yesteryear yeah and then you'll write another name pass it on and fold it down so the next person can't see what you've written so you end up with a short little story at the end that you read out that is slightly ridiculous so I've done some in a kind of Christmas. do you think we've explained that in a way that people can follow if they haven't played no because I'm already lost so I've pre-prepped these sheets so I'll, I'll talk you through it so if you grab a pen here's a yeah, pen there. we're looking at our piece of paper uh, I will, it will all become clear you've got a pen yeah. rustling a paper I've got, yeah. I've got a pen yeah I think you'd better explain so that Miriam the first so, thing that you'll they, do so that they can follow it at home you'll, yes, yes, you'll yes. write a name at the top and then once uh, you've written it you fold it over my name? no oh, oh you I can I know this name write any name you like at the top and then fold it over so the person next to you can't see it and the paper's got a list of things down it which I see Okay, I've got it. Okay, so you'll fold yeah. it over so you can't sit, and then you'll pass it to the person. You and then they write name two. Yes. I Does it have it. to be a boy or a girl, or doesn't it, can it matter? It anything you like. Anybody. Okay, so there's a name. I folded over the first bit. And pass it that way. And you okay. pass it round to yep. the left. I get it. I love um, this. Mine's a bit silly. Are we allowed to be quite oh, silly? Oh, please do. I think that's in order. And then you fold that over, so that's name two. So the first one is name one, Yeah. then it says met, and you fold it over, yeah. name two, and the next line is they spent Christmas at, so mm-hmm. you're creating mm-hmm. this oh, and story. 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 Love it. And you it. can do it however, you, you can make it as long as you want, like they said this or they said that, and you know, it can go on. I made it a bit shorter for today. So yeah, the next yeah. one is they spent Christmas at. at. Okay. Oh, and then yeah. I've added in some festive ones, so the next one is what did they eat? Oh, God, yeah. this is, we're going like a train oh, here, aren't we? I love it. love it. <laughs> okay. And then it gets quite difficult to find. No peeping, Tom. I haven't folded mine very well. Um, so right. this one is, yes. so we've well, try hard or it's going to come apart, <laughs> Malachi. We've done what they eat and now what do they drink? Okay. And then I just put something daft in, which was they lost the... <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is good radio? Yeah, I think a lot of people in a room writing down and folding pieces of paper sounds great. I'm looking at our producer. <laughs> I'm looking at our producer, Brittany, we'll with alarm. She's thinking, how is this going to be entertaining <laughs> podcast audiences around the country? Don't worry, it'll come out in the edit. Do you, think, do you yeah. think she'll speed up? Okay. She'll cut all the rustling bits, won't she? And it'll all be sped up and... It'll be like fast forwarded. Yeah, so the next one is they had to. And then the last one is going to be the consequences were. So just how did the story end? Can you hear the writing? (laughs) Right, fold it one more to pass it again and then you can read them out. All right. Do you think think our listeners could hear the the frantic scribbling sounds as we all filled everything in? It's the ASMR that everyone was wanting. (laughs) (laughs) Frantic writing. Thank you. Do we unfold it from the bottom? Let's go. Let's go. Oh, good bit of wrestling. Oh, a little bit of paper (laughs) wrestling. This is going to be so silly, isn't it? I can't wait. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, right. Okay, here we go. This is quite surreal. Is you it, want, are they surreal? Do you want to start? Do you want to read yeah, this? Yeah, I'll start if you like, yeah. Um, Delia Smith met Mickey Mouse. They spent Christmas at Alton Towers. They ate roast turkey with no trimmings. They drank shabbly. They lost the plot and had to hide in a bush... And the consequences were they ate toast and sang Christmas songs. Oh, oh, that's a, that's a proper that. children's story. That's really nice. Sounds isn't like Delia had a great time. <laughs> 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 oh, that's rather sweet, isn't it? That's benign. That's that's really nice and charming little story. Thank you, everyone. Very sweet. Great. Do you want to hear this one? Yeah. Who wants to go next? Miriam? Okay. Um, This one says, uh, Harry Styles met Rudolph the reindeer and they spent Christmas in Lapland. They ate roast beef. They drank slow gin and champagne. They lost the will to live. (laughs) They had to go to the shops and then they ran up the road naked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what Harry Styles would say about that. I right. it sounds. I mean, I've got to be honest, it sounds a bit like a cheese dream, that one. You know, with eating cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll go next. David Beckham met Tom Kerridge. They spent Christmas at River Cottage, where they ate biryani. They drank 72 bottles of rum. <laughs> they lost the turkey, unsurprisingly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had to dive into the trifle. I mean, that is a big trifle. And the consequences were they all lived happily ever after. Oh. oh. This sounds like a pitch for a TV show, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a very crazy TV show, I'm not yes. quite sure how Hugh Freddy would say that. We've got an idea for the Christmas special. We're going to cook Sorry. biryani at River Cottage where me and David Beckham get smashed on 72 <laughs> bottles of rum. We jump in a trifle trifle but it's all right I mean, because that fun. we live happily ever after <laughs> it, it does it sound perfectly legit. plausible you can have that idea Tom if you, if you want <laughs> excellent well I have Superman met Shrek and they spent Christmas at Thorpe Park as you do great. Uh, they ate Nigella's Nutella cheesecake it's a great recipe <laughs> um, they drank mulled wine Ooh, they nice. lost the keys to James Martin's Ferrari oh. and then they had to go to the supermarket although I'm not sure what for <laughs> the consequences were three weddings and a funeral oh. classic oh. Christmas <laughs> film that <laughs> well that was a that was a marvellous game Miriam I hope that our listeners enjoyed that as much as we did um i just wanted to finish on a on a on a slightly serious note i thought which is it's been a bit of a strange difficult year for people in lots of ways i'm sure no one needs reminding of that um and i just wondered if anyone had any thoughts for what would be nice this christmas what would be a good thing to come out of this christmas Listen, I'll go first. And I tell you what, and it's a couple of things that have come out of this conversation. One, a game like this, right? It's free. You haven't got to buy a board. You haven't got to do anything. You can just get involved with sitting down, family, friends, making up daft stories. You know, half an hour after Christmas lunch, something like this is a really good, fun thing to do. It doesn't cost any money. It brings everyone together and you laugh. Also, Losing your mum's idea of those gifts not being not being real because you've made them. The idea of making gifts, particularly this year, yeah, all right. We, let's you can be more frugal and buy gifts. But actually, there's something so heartfelt and loving and lovely about. One Christmas is for me. It's always about the giving. It's not the receiving. It's, it's always about making sure that you when you're giving people something and they feel super happy about it. I know if somebody gave me a jar of homemade chutney, I would be over the moon 
with that. And I know I'd use it and eat it and love it. And just the idea of somebody putting a bit of heart, effort and soul that costs a lot less. So the idea of just getting involved a lot more, forgetting about the cash. That though, to, there's, there's a thing for, there's an uplifting thing for this year, Orlando. I love that. I love that to bits. Malika, how about you? I was going to say that isn't it heartening that in a world that's full of divisions, occasions like Christmas have this huge power to bring people together, no matter where they're from, what their religion is, you know, what they eat on a day-to-day basis. And I think there's something to be said for that in the lives we lead today, to just be able to come together and celebrate something and just have a bit of a joyous time of togetherness. And you know, ultimately, food is the big leveler. It's the unifier. You don't need to spend a whole lot of money. You know, there are spices everywhere. There's flavors in our kitchens and our cupboards already. Great time to try something new, do something a bit different. Yeah, and arti- I, artichoke and dried mushroom gravy. Well, I think, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to have to go on the list, hasn't it, this year? Um, but I think there's something to be said for just a really joyous moment. And, you know, I think Christmas has a huge role to play in all our lives, especially in a difficult year. Yeah, and food, food is about love and giving. And, Absolutely. Um, my my thing is kindness. I think that when the, these horrible things are going wrong, usually if you look, there's some act of human kindness there. And I just if, think if people could remember the kindness that comes with being a human, we'd all be happy and get on a bit better, despite the fact we disagree about so much stuff. So yeah, I'd just like to put in a word for universal kindness. And how about you, Miriam? I mean, you've said all of them, I think. Kindness, lovely thing. I think definitely trying new things is really a lovely thing to do at Christmas, especially because you've got those set things that you kind of need to make or people are expecting on Christmas Day. But I think it's the Christmas Eve traditions that you can try something else or Boxing Day, exactly, and try a new recipe. I think one year we got um, all my family like making pasta shapes just on the kitchen table because then everyone can have a go at something they haven't done before. Um, They won't be doing that on your new table though, will you? You won't be having people cutting out shapes on your new table. Why not? Why not? That's what it's for. Yeah. Do you know, we we don't normally end our podcast on a spiritual note, but we are quite spiritual here, aren't we? look, it's all in the festive zone, Orlando. It's lovely, and and I hope everyone, (laughs) yeah, if you could see us, we're all wearing ridiculous hats and (laughs) funny glasses and everything else. Um, I would like to thank Malika, Tom and Miriam for a, a fascinating and fun podcast. And wish everyone listening a very happy Christmas tradition, wherever that Christmas tradition takes you. Bye for now. And that was the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>